Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, April 4th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about day four of CinemaCon and the Paramount Pictures presentation. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pierce. Hey, what's going on? So we are still here in Vegas. I got to assume you've listened to the other podcasts at this point, but if you haven't, CinemaCon is a gathering of movie theater owners and exhibitors who come here and Hollywood showcases their footage from the next year plus to get them excited about all the stuff they have in the works. And this morning we got to see the Paramount Pictures presentation, which I got to say, Paramount Pictures probably has overall the least uh, exciting slate of any of the, the, the studios here aside from STX. But it was the best presentation. Yeah, they really brought it. It was it was very entertaining all the way around. Yeah, so um, let's get into it. Let's talk about what we saw. We saw we saw a lot of things, and you're going to be interested in this because we, we saw some good stuff. Uh, let's start off with Rocket Man. Yes. This is probably the first up. This is the Elton John biopic. It's told in a fantastical way, as you saw in the trailers. Um, this is directed by Dexter Flesher. Yes. And uh, we got to see an extended first look, which... Um, I'm not sure if we want to go through the the weeds of this or what it is, but we get you get to see Elton John from a from childhood mm-hmm. to him trying to you know get famous to him actually getting famous and the you know the problems that are there within. But it really seems to me like this take on this is almost like a superhero origin story. Yeah, to me, I think that's accurate. Yeah, and and it's like you know leading up to I think the Troubadour performance which is like a famous performance that was like one of his I think that was his first American uh, first performance in America and that seems like the first challenge of a superhero movie you know like when you finally go out and you use your powers for the first time <laughs> yeah. and show the world what you can do um, I think that's and, a, and there was like a lot of famous people in the audience and he was like puking in the bathroom and <laughs> yeah he was the, nervous to see yeah. you know for people to see him but the music in this is incredible I mean there's so many Elton John songs in here and and every single one is a number one hit. It's like hit. a massive like, hit, yes. Yeah. So I think people are going to love... I mean, if Bohemian Rhapsody is any indication, people are going to love going out to the movies to hear these 
classic songs yeah. performed in this way, and Taron Egerton sings all of them himself, and he sounds incredible. Yeah, and we didn't just see it, like a montage of that. Like we got to see bits and pieces of like him actually singing. Yeah, a bunch for a of good different period songs. of time, and you mm-hmm. could tell that he is doing it, and it sounds great. Yeah, and there was. There are there, there's like sequences. There's like a musical sequence that looked like it happened at like a fair, a carnival mm-hmm. with yeah. like you know rides around him and stuff, and there's dancing and stuff. And then, but I was actually surprised at how much of this doesn't seem fantastical. So how much yeah. of it kind of feels more like a traditional biopic? Yeah, they they had one shot of like a, an underwater sequence that sort of leaned in on that fantastical element, but most of it looked pretty straightforward, so I'm, I'm wondering if those are just little touches that are sort of spread throughout the movie, and um, yeah, that, that's sort of not what I was expecting, but even if this were to remove all the fantastical elements from it at all, all the just straight yeah. drama stuff we saw looked very, very good to me, so I'm, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm also very excited about this. Uh, the next film that they showed was Crawl. This is from producer Sam Raimi. Uh, who's directing this? Do you I know? think it's Alexandra Aja, the guy who yeah, did yeah. the Piranha movie, or uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake. Hills Have Eyes, yeah. yeah. Um, and this stars Kaya. She's from Kaya uh, Maze Runner. Yes. And the Pirate, one of the Pirates, mo- one of the yes. last Pirates movies. Uh, she was in that UK drama Skins, I think? Yeah. I think so. Um, she stars in this, and I don't think this trailer, nothing's out of this, right? This is right. the first we saw. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give the, the pitch here. She we It starts off with her driving in a storm, a hurricane, and she's headed to her dad's house. And she arrives there, and it's an old home, and she's looking for her dad. She can't find him, and she finds him in like knocked out in the crawl space. In the under, basement, yeah. In the basement, yeah. And she wonders what happens to them, and there's like this jump scare where she gets dragged away by, I'm assuming... An, yeah, an alligator. An alligator. And what, what happens is this house starts to get flooded, and there's alligators. It's kind of like this contained thriller inside this house that's getting flooded, but, you know, it, it's these cool shots of like her like on the kitchen counters jumping from counter to counter as yeah. the, the water is you know getting higher up and there's these gigantic alligators in the water and she's like in the in the bathroom and she has like one of the showers that the doors close and the water's like building up to like four, three or four feet up mm-hmm. and there's gators trying to get in and yeah. you know the pressure's about to crack the the uh, the glass it uh, looks super intense yeah and the concept for this, I, I feel like we have seen horror movies with gators before, but I feel like we haven't seen something in this way because it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of a ridiculous concept, but it's an interesting, ridiculous concept that allows for these kind of inventive, crazy, tense moments that are perfect for like a suspenseful, cinematic experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, this was a total surprise to us. I think we, we looked up what this movie was right before the panel began, but yeah. in terms of like the footage, I, I thought this was very well executed. I think this is going to do, uh, you know, Barry Pepper, the character actor Barry Pepper plays uh, Kaya's father. Um, so it looks like there could be some a little bit of heart to this, but mostly it's just like intense, uh, scary you know, pretty decent visual effects when it comes to the gators and stuff. All the rain outside looked a little cheap to me. Yeah, um, this but, does definitely feels like a lower a lower budget for Paramount. But film. since most of it is inside and and seems to be you know all about the flooding and the yeah. this, the survival kind of thriller, it looks pretty good. Yeah, no, I I am actually excited to see this now. Um, the next film that they presented was Dora and the Lost City of Gold. This is based on the Nickelodeon franchise Dora the Explorer. Uh, I had not seen any of the. Tra- I think there's a trailer out. Oh, I, probably, but I haven't seen. Yeah, it I haven't. Se- I hadn't seen it. They showed us an extended trailer, 
Um, so this is my first look at this. So I'm not sure what they actually showed in the actual stuff that's out. But uh, the main character on this, it's weird because this looks cinematically, visually, this looks like it's kind of more grounded. But then you hear the main characters talk and she almost talks like a cartoon character. It's like very yeah. uh, over the top. And there's a lot of like over the top comedy that's going on. Like the, like she was going through like a security thing and like the guy's like finding all these like huge things that she couldn't be possibly carrying. Yeah, the premise is now Dora is high school aged and she, you know, her parents are like treasure hunters who live in the jungle or something, but she gets sent to go to high school in Los Angeles and she is like bringing her jungle ways with her into a modern high school setting. So like she has a flare gun in her backpack and an axe and stuff as she's going through the security for the school. And obviously that's not cool. And then they go on a field trip and Dora and a couple of her friends get captured and kidnapped by some baddies who want to find the lost city of gold. Yes. Which her parents seem to have found, but they won't let Dora come with them on this adventure but of course she gets like swept up into it anyway so uh there seems to be some fun like adventure like them going through a temple and like uh finding like a secret passageway and like them going down these like water slide kind of things mm-hmm. that remind me of the goonies it's very kind of yeah that like kind of vibe. tomb raider ish kind yeah. of stuff like going through the jungle this is one shot of of dora like leaping you know in sl- epic slow motion between two like over this chasm in like a temple kind of setting that yeah. is very much like straight out of tomb raider and her father is played by uh, Michael Pena. Yes, is that correct? Yeah, he. That looks like it could be a little fun. I mean, th- this looks like a. Uh, it could be a fun family. A film. good family film. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on Dora? Uh, Danny Trejo voices a CGI monkey, I think, or plays a monkey. Oh yeah, in some we saw way. the monkey. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's like a, a friend of Dora's who has been left and left behind in the jungle, and she reunites with this monkey. So I don't know. I guess any movie that has Danny Trejo as a monkey can't be all bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that. The next film they showed off was Terminator: Dark Fate. Uh, this is something we when we arrived here at CinemaCon, we weren't expecting the show anything or much from that because it just seems far away this film's coming out in what the end of the year sometime yeah november 1st okay so yeah end of the year um but okay okay so i think all of us have gotten this fatigue from the terminator franchise mm-hmm. uh even though i i like the last one a little bit more than others i i, I don't think it's a good fa- i mean it's not as good as the original two yeah right um and this one is Tim Miller, the guy that did Deadpool, and James Cameron, who I guess came up with the story and, and is, you know, involved yeah. heavily with this. And they're returning to the origins of this this world, and this is a direct sequel to those two films. Yes. So um, I, they came out and kind of uh, – Tim gave this emotional speech. He started almost crying about how much uh, Terminator means to him as a person and how much responsibility – it, it it is for him to tackle this this sequel, mm-hmm. and um, he did reveal the cool new feature of this Terminator is that he can split, so he is twice as deadly. So I guess yeah, that's what, like split, split in that two in or footage? something. I think there's like a like an endoskeleton creature walking and gabriel luna who plays the i guess the human version of this terminator yeah. was walking at the same time so we didn't actually see the split happen yeah. but i think that was we're meant them. to yeah we're meant to know that, that okay both of them. so we saw some work in progress progress uh footage here like an extended reel i mm-hmm. uh, started off with this clip 
of I guess we're going to describe it here, right? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. So a, a car was driving down the street. We see in like, Mexico City. Mexico City. Yes. We see like the ground is starting to like freeze ice over, up, yeah. ice over, and then like it kind of like some fog comes from, and then the lightning, you know, the lightning bolts and stuff. Yeah. And uh, the that bubble that we've seen in Terminator films, how they time travel, kind of forms, but not on top of the the bridge. The bridge, yeah. But like. In, inside it, like bisecting the bridge, yeah. like in, in 3D space, like in the bridge. And then uh, a naked woman appears in that and then falls down like, you know, hundreds of feet or, or dozens yeah. of feet down to the ground below. In one of um, those like river banks that the concrete, almost like from Terminator 2, like those, like the L.A. River. Yeah, that kind and of thing. that's a, it's a fun thing because in all of the other Terminator movies, it's like they just magically appear you know right on a, a surface and everything yeah. works out well where they're like kneeled down on the street and it all looks cool and this is like i guess a little fun nod to the way that it's appeared in other movies but yeah. this is a different kind of thing this is a different type of terminator movie and i like that i like how in this whole the whole thing we saw they're using iconography and shots and things we know from and love from this franchise but doing it in interesting different ways and i feel like a lot of the sequels that we didn't love was just trying to recreate the same thing. Yeah, one of the ways I think it does that is that it's revealed very quickly that the the naked woman is Mackenzie Davis's character, and you know, cops arrive on the scene, and as soon as they touch her, she's sort of activated, and we see that you know, we see through her POV, her sort of like quote unquote Terminator vision, where yeah. you know she uh, identifies their weaponry, she goes after and, and the whole like, all UI that's going yeah, on, yeah. the augmented reality. So at first, you kind of wonder like, oh, is she playing a Terminator? But then she seems to be more of like a protector character later on she's protecting this young girl and we don't really know much about her because we haven't the footage didn't get into that but she is facing off against gabriel luna's character so is she a human who's just been like technologically enhanced or is she like arnold was in the earlier movies a terminator who's been sent back to interesting i didn't even think that somebody i I don't know i just assumed she was a terminator i mean she does appear there naked i guess everything gets sent through naked because even the terminators have uh yeah, the skin. cybernetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like actual human skin, yeah, organic tissue over yeah. the top or whatever. But um, she appears there, and uh, she is kind of recovered by those two. Mm-hmm. The the two. There's uh, like onlookers there. Yeah, like a, onlookers. A and cops show up, and a bunch of cops show up, and they're they're basically she kicks their ass. Yeah, like in like the course of like you know twenty seconds. Yeah. That's why I think she's a Terminator. Like, this isn't, like, a human fighting. This, like, seemed very methodical, very, like, mechanical Yeah, it could be. It certainly has that vibe to it. I'm just wondering if there's some sort of extra little reveal that that could be coming down the line. But, um, yeah, I mean, she basically takes the guy's clothes because she has the same foot size as him. And then it's Well, well, the guy thanks her, and she says, don't thank me next. Uh, Yeah. And then it cuts to her driving away with his clothes on in the car. Um, And then it cuts to some time later, and then there's just, like, T-1000 looking, uh, like, CG sludge that sort of forms But it's not the silver, the glossy silver that we've seen in Terminator 2. It's like a dark, like a... I don't know how to describe it. Like like a graphite color. Yeah, oily almost, instead of, like, that silvery. Um, But that, that sort of forms up into Gabriel Luna. And it's daytime now in the scene, and they're on... 
uh, another bridge, it looks like, or maybe a highway somewhere. Highway. Um, and then... And it's cool. He actually, like, walks through, you know, those barriers on the side of the, the road? He, like, walks right through it, and it, it's a cool, you know, shot of... So, yeah, she, uh, Mackenzie Davis's character is protecting this young girl, and she says something about, you know, when they start to kill me, run. And the little girl is very confused by this, but then, of course, uh, a giant red jeep pulls up, and who gets out, Peter? Actually, before that, oh. before that, we see also the endoskeleton is also, it's oh. not just Luna going after them. Yes, yes, We see yes. the black-ish endoskeleton, which you're theorizing is... Is the, the split version the split of version. him. Yeah, I think so. That's probably, yeah, that, that would make sense. And... Just as she's about to get, like, you know, nailed by both of them, this red jeep or truck comes yeah. up and, like, knocks one of them. And out comes uh, Linda Hamilton, you know, full full on badass. She looks older. It really feels kind of like uh, this whole thing feels like they're taking the Halloween approach, the last Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. And it really feels like this. The, that, that I, Obviously, she was copying. It's a copy of a copy of a copy now yeah. because I feel like. In that movie, she was kind of copying uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah. But it's, it kind of so reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. And she, like, blows away the, the Terminators. And then she pulls out a rocket. So she has, like, a big, uh, like, machine gun or something. Yeah. And then she pulls a rocket launcher off of her shoulder and just, like, <laughs> you know, adds an exclamation point to the whole destruction thing. Um, and, and later we saw that the, the, the end of that montage, or the end of that, she, she says... Uh, she'll be back. So. Yeah, she sort of like casually is like, eh, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we went into a montage here, and I, I did not take enough notes here to get everything yeah, down. But neither. what I saw was, um, you know, that uh, Luna's character like killing people in a facility mm-hmm. and Linda fighting alongside Arnold, which should be mentioned that Arnold Schwarzenegger was not in a lot of this footage. Yeah, there's a shot where he like bursts down a door and then there it's, he seems to be riding in a helicopter and like shooting at something outside of the, the helicopter. But other than that, there was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe five total shots or something like yeah. that with him in it, which is really surprising. They brought him out and he, he ended up rambling a yeah. lot on the mic. But uh, you think, you'd think for a Terminator movie, especially one that's a direct sequel to T2, they would want to showcase him as much as possible. But they really... Well, maybe that's a smart thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's good to keep him. Like, if you look at even Terminator Two, I think he says something like twenty words in that entire movie, or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So, like, you know, maybe make it special yeah. by having him not be like in the movie the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. We saw some underwater shots. There's a shot of a gritty kind of like uh, urban war. Is that yeah. Judgment Day? I don't it know. might be. And, and it looked like the Terminators that, that um, Mackenzie Davis's character were fighting against had like tentacles or something coming out of their yeah. back too. So that looked like a, a different type of uh, evil machine. So it could be some sort of update or upgrade going on there. And uh, what else did we see? I think that was it. That was all I was able to get, to catch. Yeah. Those, those last few seconds were just like a barrage of new, you know, quick flashes of footage. Yeah. For me, the footage looked uh, gritty and cool. And I'm not sure how we could get excited about a film in this aged franchise again. But somehow I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like Tim Miller is bringing a vision to this that makes it feel fresh again he's doing some interesting new things with the as i said the established iconography and pushing these concepts to to new heights yeah i want to see i mean i'm i'm very i've been bitten too many times by this franchise so i'm not going to go ahead and like ramp my excitement level up based on what we saw here but i will say it looks better than i i anticipated that it would and i'm uh, cautiously optimistic now whereas before i was like 
I had I thought this movie had no chance of being good. So mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, there's a chance. There's a, a glimmer of hope here. Okay, next up, they, we saw like an advanced trailer for this film called Limited Partners, which is a comedy starring Tiffany Haddish and Rose Bryan. Uh, it's kind of about that. They operate this beauty company or yeah, makeup company. Or I something. think so. And they're trying to be acquired. They're being acquired by this bigger, you know, huge company owned by Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. And basically, they're going to be millionaires. They're uh, they're basically told when they sign the deal, though, if one of them quits, then Salma Hayek will become the majority owner of their company. Yeah. Uh, they say, oh, that'll never happen. And, of course, that's the premise of the movie, that she's trying to... to yeah, she says, I'm going to break them up and take their company. She yeah. likes That's a line of dialogue from Salma Hayek, who's like really leaning into like the whole like uh, glamorous villain kind of thing. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a Cruella de Vil type role for her. She seems to be chewing on the, the scenery a little bit. And Tiffany Haddish seems uh, a little bit more reserved than what we typically see from her in, in a lot of these comedies. And Rose Byrne is great always. So yeah. seeing the two of them play best friends um, should be a lot of fun for people, I think. I don't know. I was uh, there was one Wonder Woman joke that I thought was funny, but the rest of it, the comedy moments didn't really register that funny to me. But um, and the concept does, just doesn't seem that be that unique. Yeah, it, I think this is one of those that's just going to be like uh, you know passing the time. It's great to watch the chemistry of the actors, but the you know it's it's not going to blow anybody away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next up, Sonic the Hedgehog. We have not. We've only seen that poster. We have. We saw some leaked designs of him. Um, and, you know, Ben Schwartz is voicing Sonic, and the movie stars James Marsden, and it also stars Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik. Yes. Um, and we got to see Sonic in action. It, it really, very much to me, feels like the Detective Pikachu approach. He's kind of like this furry, real, or realistic version of what Sonic would look like, but it's still ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ben Schwartz is going around making, like, snarky jokes at everything, and it really seems like the same exact approach yeah i feel like this looks terrible (laughs) this whole movie yeah i I was not impressed by any of it um i love ben schwartz he's like one of my favorite comedic performers and i don't it seems like it's ben schwartz trying to be ryan reynolds (laughs) like that's what it feels like to me yeah we we should describe what we saw we saw um marston's character who plays a highway patrolman yeah james marston yes is in this movie and he is uh clocking you know looking for people speeding and obviously sonic runs by in the highway and like his his speed meter goes off the charts yeah it sets that sonic's going something like 700 miles an hour yeah and he goes out and he finds like a little blue hair and he's looking for him and he eventually finds him in a house i'm not sure if it's his house yeah it's like sonic's lair out in the woods or something like that and uh when sonic uh sees that he's discovered he meows to pretend he's a cat and obviously marsden does not buy that and tranks him with a trank gun and they go on a journey together uh sonic tells him he needs uh he needs to save the planet i guess i guess so and and there are like these mechanical vehicles with wheels that attack sonic and james marsden's character on the road as they're in a car together it seems like the rings that sonic collects in the video game are used as like teleportation devices in- yeah they're kind of like um i guess in portal they're like those yeah, portals yeah. that send you through and there was some cool action there involving those portals and there was like a whole scene with with sonic surrounded by these huge drones and they're trying to kill him there is um I'm surprised at how much they're using that iconic imagery from the game in this story because Sonic doesn't really take place in on Earth. Right. Um, you know, 
at this footage, it, you know, also Jim Carrey comes in at the end as the doctor and he has like a mustache. And yeah. He's just kind of Jim Carrey in a black outfit with a, a how do you describe that? Like, like wax on the end of his mustache, like twisty kind of thing. And at this point, I was like, I'm skeptical of this. This doesn't look great, but it doesn't also doesn't look that bad until. Yeah. All of a sudden, we get uh, Jim Carrey comes out, and we get to see footage, more footage of Doctor Robotnik. And yeah, it's like he introduced a whole... like a, a Robotnik heavy clip from the, it's like a, a whole different trailer, but with Robotnik as like the main character, and you see all of Jim Carrey's fast rid- talking. Yes. It, it's quirky. like it's like the Riddler from Batman Forever. It's him doing that same shtick again. So maybe people who you know grew up loving those movies might be excited to see him He's return dancing. there. He's but... being so over the top slapstick yeah it, weird and it, it, this it's bad and he's doing it's like very doctor bad. evil level humor with his with like all the people that he comes in contact with he's like doing the like the doctor evil bit where he's like shh, shh you know he yeah. like interrupts people and stuff it's it's jim carrey just yeah. doing that same thing it, it feels like a 90s era you yeah, know, totally. humor kind of thing. Like, why why is this happening in 2019? <laughs> it looked very, very bad. I would be shocked. I would be... I would bet money that this movie is bad. Yeah, it looks <laughs> pretty awful. Uh, I, we do want to say that it, that clip ended with them actually cutting to a, show, a shot of Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik that looked a lot more like the games with him being bald, that has, like, this crazy beard and... And, uh, yeah, his mustache almost looks like puffy, mustache, like he's rather. been he's been like fried, like electric electrified or something. But all everything else we saw from him, it just looked like normal Jim Carrey, but with a mustache. But this this last little look was like, oh, this is the the game design version of the character. Yeah. Next up was another thing that we weren't expecting to see. It was John Cena came out to show some footage from Playing with Fire. This is a movie that's still filming; it's still in production. John actually picture wrapped today and flew to Comic Con or CinemaCon just to present this footage. He promised that the the movie will make you think, laugh, and cry. I think it's going to make me cry, but not for the right reasons. Yeah, this rough footage looked bad. It's about this. Uh, I guess. John Cena plays this wildfire emergency guy. He's one of those smoke jumpers who fights the fires and no one else wants to. And somehow a bunch of kids come across wherever he's stationed and he has to take care of them until they can find their parents. And the kids kind of are practical jokers and terrorizing him and causing a ruckus. And, oh, uh, the wacky... Yeah. fun insane uh, comedy that ensues yeah this looks really really bad none of this landed for me at all there you know the kid is wandering around like the the fire station and he tells john cena that his alexa is broken and john cena's like that's a clock kid like you're talking into a into a <laughs> clock you know like that's the level of humor that we're talking about here he the kid grabs some nerf guns or what he thinks are nerf guns but they're actually flare guns and he starts firing them off inside and like chaos ensues and it's like it's just a lot of loud noises and i don't know none of this looked funny to me in the least yeah when you compare this to like the dave batista movie that we saw the other day like my My spy Mm -hmm. which i feel like is kind of going for the same kind of humor like that nailed it a lot more yes and that my spy trailer is out on on the site right now it is okay um i feel like this humor is all made to appeal to vanilla middle america not to put Vanilla Metal America down, but it's you know it's I, basic. I don't love 
vanilla. So, <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the next thing. This is probably the most exciting thing we saw. Uh, Gemini Man. This is the film by Ang Lee. It stars Will Smith. This is a film that they've been waiting or trying to make for many years. They didn't have the technology to make it possible, and now they do because basically Will Smith plays two different people. He plays himself as his current age or maybe even a little older. He looks gruff in this. Uh, and he also plays himself as a young man. Yeah, a 23-year-old version of himself, which is interesting because obviously we grew up watching that version of Will Smith. So it's very much in the same way of like how we saw a younger, de-aged uh, Captain Marvel or um, uh, Sam Jackson yeah. in Captain Marvel. We're familiar with what that young version looks like. So they really have to nail the visual effects to convince us that, you know, it's not like you can yeah. just... Uh, uh, BS your way through that. You, you know, we all have those images of what young Will Smith looks like seared into our memories from all of this, his, his pop culture impact, and they really nailed it. Like yeah. the the uh, CGI looks incredible there. But not just that, Ang Lee was joking about how Will Smith, as a young actor, was not a good actor. Um, but he did get into like what, what that Will Smith, as a young actor, did act more innocently and he had a different acting style so it was a challenge for will smith to kind of embrace that innocence and yeah. get back to that not be will smith as we know today yeah, how it's he like acts. unlearning all of the stuff that he's learned over his career basically yeah so we put on our 3d glasses we didn't see this footage in high frame rate as far as i can tell yeah um it just didn't look that wonky high frame rate um and what did we see so uh geez we saw a motorcycle chase there's like uh, two motorcycles chasing each other and and you're not sure what's going on yet but you know but they're the two riders are shooting at each other and it, it's revealed pretty quickly that it's the older version and the the younger version trying to take each other out there, there's some sort of uh, chase aspect going on um uh, the young Will Smith meets up with Clive Owen, who appears to be his sort of handler character. Uh, Clive Owen says something like, why is it so hard for you to kill this guy? And young Will Smith says, he knew every move of mine before I made it. And then uh, the, the two versions of Will Smith sort of meet in like this, like a bombed out sort of rubble strewn area. And they are shocked yeah. to see each other. Yeah, you have that moment of first realization. I think both of them are realizing that at the yeah. same time. And um, what else do we see? We're like, I guess it's a cat and mouse kind of thing. It, what I'm kind of surprised by what we saw here is we did see some cool action, but it was kind of playing up the character, the weird character dynamics of the situation more than it was the big action. Yeah, there, there's a lot of um, drama about uh, the younger version being a clone of the older version of Will Smith, and, and he's you know saying that like 25 years ago you were created uh, because I you were created from me because I was the best of the best kind of thing. So and then we see the younger version of Will Smith sort of like uh, confronting Clive Owen about. Why did you create me? How did you know? Yeah. Th so it seems like yeah, there, there's a little bit more um, intelligence here than just uh, a slam bang shoot 'em up kind of action movie. Yeah. But the action was cool. There was this cool moment where one of the Wills jumps off a motorcycle that's in uh, full speed and goes towards an the other Will. Yeah, he like is... launches it between his legs at somebody and like you know jumps off and he's standing there but the the motorcycle yeah. like and the guy moves ahead. out of the way and it hits the car behind him yeah it's some, some really cool stuff uh but like i said I, I do feel like the this is more about a character story than i feel like they're gonna sell it as action but i feel like this is more blade runner 2049 than a big blockbuster yeah I which think. to me is a good thing yeah but 
I think people will will go to, will flock to see this because everybody loves Will Smith, and this looks like a finally a really great Will Smith movie for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah, and then after that, uh, basically Paramount was like, "We're going to show you what's happening for the next couple years." Yeah, and they showed us the sizzle reel. We saw Quiet Place Part Two, I guess is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Was that footage of them shooting it, or is that footage from the I first? I think film? that must have been footage from yeah. the first film. That's what I was thinking. Rhythm section. We saw some photos from that. Uh, SpongeBob came out and basically danced around. Yeah, <laughs> a did CG his thing. version of, of SpongeBob didn't look particularly good. There's uh, a new SpongeBob movie called "It's a Wonderful Sponge" coming yeah. out soon. Uh, and Camille and Camille Nanjiani and uh, Issa Rae came out and they are in a movie called "The Lovebirds," where they play a couple who I, I guess are framed for murder or involved in a murder in some way, yeah. maybe witnesses to a murder, and the cops are looking for them, and it seems like they're maybe breaking up while this murder is happening. So, um, yeah, we saw just a, a quick scene of that. I mean, maybe just like a few seconds of footage. And then uh, Paramount Animation came out, and it the, the text on the screen says, Wrestling gets supersized with, and then they introduced a logo for a movie called Monster on the Hill, which yeah. I've never heard of before. Do you know anything about this? I know I, I you're a big wrestling guy. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. And also this Michael B. Jordan movie. Uh, Without Remorse, which is yeah. based on the Tom Clancy property. Um, and we've written about that on the site before. And they teased Snake Eyes and G.I. Joe movies with footage from the previous ones. A big surprise here. We got to see Coming to America 2. We saw footage of them back together in the costumes. And they looked pretty pretty great. Yeah, I think it was Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Yeah. And they, they shot like a little quick thing where they said, you know, good morning, my neighbors. So good to see you after so many long years. We're coming back to America, yeah. basically. I'm surprised at how they didn't look like, you know, usually like when you see... Uh, you know, that big Lebowski commercial that was during the Super Bowl, I yeah. guess? Mm-hmm. It looked like he was, you know, he was doing his old... Ca- I don't know. It looks like weird. This did not look weird like yeah. that. Yeah, um, they look really good. Monster Problems with Dylan O'Brien. We saw a, a quick flash of that. Chris Evans is doing a movie called Infinite. And we saw a concept art from Clifford, the big red dog, which it was like a huge Clifford coming out of a house. And yeah. Small kid. Oh, and some photos from the production of Top Gun, too, which looked... Like you yeah, expect pretty standard. Say. You know, Tom Cruise sitting on a motorcycle on a runway kind of thing. But I'm being told we have to get out of here. So I'm going to sh- shut it off here. If you want to find more about any of these, go to SlashFilm.com. If you want to find more of this podcast, SlashFilm Daily, look on uh, your whatever your podcast app is. Search SlashFilm Daily. And uh, head on over to our iTunes page. Go to five-star review. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We'll see you tomorrow.